It's time for Promo Corner's Industry Insider with Jeff Franklin, Stephen McFadden, and Bill Petrie. Each Monday, they discuss, dissect, and debate a single issue impacting the world of promotional marketing from every industry perspective. The Industry Insider is only available at Promo Corner, the leader in digital marketing for the promotional products industry. Now, here's Jeff, Stephen, and Bill. Welcome to this episode of The Insider. Gosh darn it, second time in a row I've done that. The Industry Insider Podcast. I'm one of your co-hosts, Bill Petrie. We're going to get to my other co-hosts here in a second, but first I want to thank our sponsor, Bay State Specialty. You know, they have some great offers. They have a whole catalog, a digital online catalog, right on their website, which is generally what online means, so I was a little redundant there, but they have a $50 self-promo offers that you need to check out. Great product categories, Healthcare, kitchen, jar openers, bag clips, bamboo, entertaining drinkware, even power banks and Bluetooth speakers, even bag clips. I love bag clips. I don't know why. But for $50, yeah, they're great. $50. For $50, it includes one color imprint and a paper proof. Cannot beat that. You're going to have to pay for shipping. That's okay. But $50 is going to get you any amount of self-promo products that are going to help you market your unique identity to your audience. You can't go wrong there at all. So go ahead, go to baystate.com, check out those $50 self-promo offers, and I don't think you'll be sorry you did. So I mentioned my esteemed panel of co-hosts. With me is Jeff Franklin from the supplier side, National Account Manager with Headwear USA. Hey Bill, how are you man? Wow, way to up the amp level there. Dial back on the Monster Energy. Stephen McFadden is going to represent us on the distributor side, president of Perfect Promotions and more. Stephen, how you doing? I'm doing great. Happy to be here, and I'll dial it down for Jeff. Thank you. Yeah, I think, I think we need to even it all out for Jeff. <laughs> you, you do that every week, Stephen. So. And sitting, it is our honor to have sitting in the fourth chair with that awesome woman's perspective, the one and only Meg Erber, who is the outside sales manager for SNF Activewear and is going to kick your ass if you don't agree with her. <laughs> Meg, hey. we're happy you're here. Hey guys, so happy to be here. Awesome. This is a, we're having a lot of fun. So. As I, I keep forgetting to mention, if you haven't subscribed to Promo Corner Podcasts on Apple uh, Podcasts, please do so. You just search, search Promo Corner and you get this podcast and all the other podcasts that we do. I keep forgetting to mention that. So we have one time. Oh, I'm Bill Petrie. I'm president of Promo Corner. And so I'm kind of the lukewarm water. If everybody else is fire and ice, I'm the lukewarm water of the service provider end of our industry. And we pick one topic, one topic only every week, and kind of dissect it from every aspect of the industry. I really like this one today, and it's one I like because I don't have to talk a lot about it. What is the future of the trade show in our industry? And I'd love to start with the lovely and talented Jeff Franklin. Because you oh, been... you said lovely, and I totally thought you were going with Meg there, but, you know... <laughs> Well, you, I was I, I was embellishing. I was embellishing when I said talented. I was being kind and charitable. Oh, so, geez. Jeff, you you started off in the industry as a distributor. You're now on the supplier side. So, you've definitely seen trade shows from both angles of the industry. So, why don't you just regale us with your perspective on where trade shows are today, what you think is effective, what you don't think is effective? 
Wow. Uh, is everybody sitting down? <laughs> um, <clears throat> man, I don't know. Like, so where trade shows are today and where they were when I first came into the business, um, I mean, I think they're, they're pretty stagnant and I think they are overdone. Um, there are less and less people attending, uh, which is sort of a scary thought when you think about it, because people like PPAI and ASI, or w- whether or not you're on one of the 27 regionals in the country, uh, you know, we all they all heavily depend on those trade shows for their income and their ability to, you know, provide the services that they provide. Um, so it, it is a little bit scary, you know. I mean, there and there's different things that keep coming out and get reiterated a thousand times. Uh, EME, for instance. Um, that wasn't around when I was a distributor that came into the industry, you know, a few months or a few years after the fact, um, and have been around for quite a while. And like I said, have been reiterated time and time again. Um, you know, so it's, I think it's just a matter of like trying to, how do we, how do we reinvent, you know, the trade show in order to, to make it uh, viable again, because I really do think they're overdone. Um, you know, now you've got, uh, end user trade shows where, you know, clients are, bringing their, you know, their or distributors, I should say, are bringing their clients to shows, um, you know, and then you have the big distributors that are doing their own end user shows. Uh, they're just, they're just overdone. Have I said that enough? Have I beaten the horse I, dead enough I, yet? I believe you have. Now, Meg, you also have similar background. You've been on the distributor side. You're now on the supplier side with SNS. Do you have, what, what would you add or disagree with or even agree with uh, what the lovely and talented Jeff Franklin just said? Well, I think it's always revolving. I think it is a, you know, you're constantly have to adapt to what's new. Okay. And if you don't, then you're going to get left behind. I've been saying this forever. And where it just used to be those big PPI and the Dallas show and the Chicago show. And they've, the, the attendance has slowly um, disintegrated and the shows are becoming smaller and smaller, but that's because these end user, end user shows are popping up. These EME style shows are popping up. Um, you have to kind of adapt to what's coming and what's new. And if not, you will be left in the dust. And, and as much as I love trade shows, I really do enjoy getting out there because I do a lot of social media. And sometimes, you know, you only talk to that person on the computer or on Facebook or Twitter or whatnot. And then when you get to meet them at a trade show, it, you kind of, I mean, you guys can all attest to this. It's, it's, a, it's opening a whole new door. You're like, oh, yeah, how's your dog? You know, or, hey, I saw you on that tournament last week. Congratulations. It really, you know, social media humanizes you. But then when you get to meet these people face to face, it's like you've been friends forever. Um, so I think a, a lot of face to face meetings at trade shows are beneficial. And it really puts a, a face to a name, especially when the inside people get to come to the trade shows. It's the only time they actually get to see their clients. Um, and I think it's beneficial. It is mutually beneficial. But being on the distributor side, man, when I first started off, I was like, oh, look at all this free shit. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Let me see what I can take home. Um, mm-hmm. And now I have a promotional product graveyard in my basement. I am constantly donating and constantly, you know, giving, um, you know, purging my racks and purging my basement. So, yeah. Uh, and you'd mentioned it's where people come say, hey, you know, congratulations on winning that tournament. I can guarantee you no one's ever walked up to me and said, saying, congratulations <laughs> on winning anything. Um, so, Stephen, you're a distributor. You've been a distributor your entire promotional products life. What is your perspective on the way trade shows are currently constructed? So we use trade shows as a distributor. Um, we, we, we try to go once a year as a team um, and, and pick a location that's going to give us the most bang for the buck to kind of figure out what the new trends are for the year. You know, by the end of an entire year of giving, trying to be creative and giving ideas, you need some, some things to freshen you up. Obviously, the way 
you know, e-catalogs are and, and site visits by outside reps and things like that. That's definitely helped. So the, the need for multiple trade shows a year isn't there. You know, we, we really only need to do one a year. And that's to meet with people that we couldn't meet with throughout the year as it is. Um, having said that, though, we're, we're getting really picky with um, how many people we can take based on the level of quality of the trade show. Um, you know, we, you know, I don't want to bash anyone in particular show, but, you know, we used to always go to Orlando. Um, there's the, the big, it was a great show yeah. for years. Um, and, and who and, puts on that show, Stephen? I'm sorry. I'm not familiar with an Orlando show. Can sorry. Can you clarify? ASI Orlando no, show. Okay. There it is. Um, and, you know, it was, it was big. It took up almost an entire, you know, I don't know if anyone is familiar with the Orange County convention halls. They're gigantic yep. buildings. And they used to take up an entire building, which is just massive. You know, you wouldn't need multiple buildings. And it was wall-to-wall of, of suppliers, new suppliers, everything. Year over year, we would see these the black wall of drapes start to move in from the mm-hmm. side walls and from the back mm-hmm. walls. And we, one year, we're like, does this feel smaller to you? And we walked to the, we went to go back to the restrooms, and we opened up the, the curtains, and there was almost a, it felt like 50 yards between us and the back of the room. Wow. And mm-hmm. it was, I think that was the year PCNA decided they weren't coming to the show. There was mm-hmm. some other groups that weren't coming to the show. And then we get to the new section on the right side, which traditionally had been new new uh, uh suppliers and it was filled with like local vendors which were selling like like i don't like i don't know like ju- jewelry and <laughs> like you know like weird stuff. i'm like how can i use this in my marketing like it just doesn't make sense anymore there was about 30 massage chairs set i was up gonna and, say yeah the yeah. massage chairs which is <laughs> yeah. always like you're like eh, yeah like, i want one of those <laughs> what's happening like and so you know for us we're like we just can't send a team of people here anymore when there's just not as many people coming, you know, and so we, you know, we've since moved, we're like, you know, we'll, we'll put the extra investment in, do Vegas, you know, Vegas has actually gotten larger, it seems, with the new, you know, Mandalay Bay wing opening up, and they've done a great job, it was two floors, and now one floor, but they've expanded, you know, it's the full floor, um, you know, and we do get invited to, you know, certain our sales reps get invited to the EMEs and the power meetings and things like that, so we utilize those sparingly, uh, but, you know, one trade show, I could I could see the industry moving to both ASI and PPI just you know to, you know like toning it up and doing one or two just massive shows you know I, I don't think there's these need for kind of half shows if that's the way to say mm-hmm. it. yeah I, mean, and I, go I ahead, was Jeff. just gonna say that's that's part of the problem though is it like you were saying you know you keep seeing these black curtains come in you know further and further each year because there's less people exhibiting why because there's a thousand trade shows to choose from to exhibit yeah. at and as an exhibitor. You can't do them all. And as more and more continue to pop up out of nowhere, it's like, how are we supposed to do all this? I mean, we talked a couple episodes back about suppliers paying for everything. I think if anybody, if you, if the distributors knew how much money goes into doing one of those trade shows for an exhibitor, it is ridiculous. It really mm. is. Um, you know, I mean, $3,000 for a 10-foot booth space is mm-hmm. ridiculous. And it's not only that. Then you got to pay $1,500 to ship your booth. you got to pay Freeman $10,000. That's an exaggeration, but not really. Not really. Uh, no, not for material handling. It is ridiculous, yeah. uh, the expense of these things. So, of course, exhibitors are going to stop coming to those shows because there's just too many of them to do and like you mentioned pcna and now alpha broder and these other suppliers the big guys they're doing their own freaking trade shows 
Mm-hmm. Like, where does it stop? I mean, I, I'm a little bit worried about the trade shows. I, I you're right. Vegas is uh, seems to be the only one that's continuing to stay strong. Uh, but I've always sort of looked at uh, Orlando and Chicago and and uh, the Dallas show as sort of big regionals. Uh, yeah. Ex- Expo East is a big regional. Yeah. So no it's, it's not just a slam to ASI. That's Expo East is I, too. I think I think what's happening is you you had a model that was working that the traditional trade show model and that's kind of where we're talking about right now right yep. mm-hmm. the the destination based trade show i think that was a model that worked for so long and was so well it was so lucrative for the people putting it on and it was lucrative for the people attending both suppliers and distributors and then when you started having the EMEs come about and kind of shaking that up, the you know power meetings and EMEs and things like that, and then you have like and you guys, I don't want to be redundant, but you have now larger distributors. Uh, I, you know, for example, I think Halo across the United States has at least six or eight different end user shows, um, and I'm sure they're not the only one. They're just the one I know about. So I'm sure you know all the other big guys have those too. I've just I just don't know how you get to them all and, and how you really decide what's beneficial for you and what's not. And what I, I look at, you know, some of the trade shows and they have been shrinking. You know, I've been gone to quite a few of them uh, lately in like I do every year. And a lot of it's because they're saddled with a contract they signed a long, uh, you know, long term contract years ago. And so they're contracted for the specific space. And like you said, Jeff, it's creeping in closer and closer you know you look at asi which had the dallas regional show for a long long time this year was the first year they had moved it to fort worth and growing up in that area not that uh, fort Worth's a more fun town i'll tell you that right now but Get it's it. kind of it's kind of second tier for lack of a better term um the convention center space is older uh, I think it worked well. I thought they, you know, in ASI's defense, I thought they did a fantastic job with moving that show. Um, but still, you can tell that there's there's challenges there. And I think even the people who are putting it on are wondering, how long do we continue to do this? And how much longer is this going to be a real revenue stream for us? Because that's really what it is. I mean, Paul Bellantone will very clearly tell you, hey, Expo is our bake sale. That is their annual bake sale. Because other than the uh, dues that they get from members, that is how PPA is funded. It's through Expo. Mm-hmm. Hmm. And, and I don't think a lot of people realize that. Yeah. How I mean, and, and most of you guys have served on regional boards. Yes. Yep. How dependent on our regionals on that trade show, right? I know PPAMS, that is, if, if that trade show went away, the association might cease to exist. Couldn't afford to fund it. So let me ask as a um, distributor to the – uh, to, to Jeff and Megs, why do you guys go to all the shows then? I mean, if, if they're so expensive and they're not uh-huh. as good and people don't go, why why do you choose just to keep going? That's now we got now we got some good questions yeah, going that's on. That's a really good question. Well, I can I will say that last year in particular, just off the top of my head, we actually did not do Expo East. I okay. thought we should, you know, but you know, I'm just Megan, so uh, I actually went there anyway, and I still saw clients. I still walk the show because I'm like, you know, what my competition is here, mm-hmm. so and that is why we are doing it this year. It's because my competition is there, regardless if the show is good or not, or big or productive. Uh, my competition is still there, so if they're there, then I need to be there. You know, I don't. If I'm not there, what kind of present is that? Presence is that setting? you know for sns mm-hmm. activewear mm-hmm. you know uh when sanmore and alpha are so I, that's probably one of the biggest reasons 
Yeah, it's. I would agree. It's really just waving the flag because you mm-hmm. know it's it's more about what what gets said if you're not there. Exactly. Uh, now I will say, uh, having just said that, uh, we're actually doing what Meg did last year. Well, not Meg, but her company. Uh, we're actually not exhibiting at Expo East this year, or at least we've kind of decided not to. Uh, that could very well change, but I doubt it at this point. Um, so yeah, I mean, I'm still going to go and you know walk the show and uh, you know entertain some of my customers after the show. Uh, right. I, really, that's where we get the most value out of those trade shows, anyways. Is yep. is what happens off the trade show floor? But yep. um, yeah, it's we we can't do them all, and you know the reason we, that we do is just to wave the flag as at as many of them as we can, but. Uh, you know, I understand why, you know, companies like PCNA and Alpha do their own shows because it's a lot more cost effective to do that than to, to pay to do 100 other ones. Yeah, I think you make a great, great point. You know, if I'm not here, my competition is. And, and I, when I explain to my in, this, our industry to people who are outside the industry, I, I always say it's, it's a me too type of industry because they not that way um but there are very few suppliers that have a product line that is specific just to them um for the Mm -hmm. most part it's it may you know everybody's got their value proposition and there are certain products you can only get at supplier x but a lot of it i can get if i'm a distributor i can get something either exactly the same from the exact same factory in china or something just darn close, pretty close. So I have options. So if you're not there, you may not be top of mind at that moment. I need hats. I need apparel. I need a white C-handle coffee mug with four-color process on it. So I, I do see that fear. And that's I think fear drives a lot of the attendance at the trade shows right now. <laughs> And it also, I am seeing a more up to, uh, more of an uptake in customers coming to the booth with projects in hand. Hey, Meg, I need X, Y, or Z. Not like, oh, what's new? That drives me nuts. Uh, I'm sure it does to everybody because everything is new here. What's your <laughs> minimum, Meg? Uh, one piece. <laughs> 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 yeah, and is it on a C? So um, talking about trade shows, you know, uh, p- years past when Sagney sold um, Expo East to PPAI, at one point, they had merged the ISS show. Mm-hmm. So I, I can see both sides of it. So being an apparel supplier, my God, this was like two birds, one stone. Amazing opportunity. I, you know, get everybody in. It's a big show. Double the attendance because you're combining two big shows. But being on the promotional product side of it or maybe being just a distributor who doesn't deal with apparel as much as they might have, um, it's, it's an annoyance because you have these promotional product guys mm-hmm. that are like – yeah, or I'm sorry, you have these screen printers that are going up to these promotional products and be like, hey, uh, how much for one piece? And uh, what's on a C? And what's an R? Like, they just don't get it. So I, I definitely can see both sides of that. But when they combine that, man, that was a, that was really awesome for us. Yeah, no, and I can, I can totally see that. Let me ask you guys this. What about the quality of, and really, this is really more focused on, well, let's look at it two ways. Stephen, I want you to answer this question from the perspective of being a distributor, the quality of suppliers at trade shows. Meg and Jeff, I want you to answer this from the perspective of the quality of distributors who attend mm-hmm. trade shows. Because I always joke when I go to somebody's booth, and I think I've done this to Jeff. I, I don't think I've done this to you, Meg, where I'll say, I'll kind of just jokingly fall into the trap or, or the, the guise of a typical distributor say, hey, um, look, I'm one of your biggest clients. We sold uh, $875 last year. I've got a giant opportunity. I need 24 of that product. I need uh, 20 off EQP. Man, it's a huge opportunity. 
community, um, and I need that in a, in a week. Can you do that? Because I think you get a lot of that. People claim they're your biggest customer, and then you look it up, and you're like, why did I know these people? And they sold, like, nothing last year. So. Yeah. What about the quality of attendees, Meg? What do you feel? Is that good? Is it the same as it's always been? Is it increasing, disincreasing, or disincreasing? So I just said the word <laughs> disincreasing. Um, that should be a hashtag. It's disincreasing. Disincreasing, yeah. Um, so I will, I've been on the hard good side. So mm -hmm. with that, I'm going to speak to both because when you're on the hard good side, you get a lot of that. You really do. You get a lot of that. And you also get the people with the shopping carts who just come and, and sideswipe all of your samples into what? the carts. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, and then there's those people who break their ankles and are in the uh, – <laughs> on the little motorized vehicles that are just loading up their uh, – <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, I was a dig at my 87-year-old uh, host here, but um, on being on this, <laughs> wow, on the so on the uh, apparel side, honestly, I really get a good caliber of, of customers, and they come there to see me. I like to set meetings in the booth too, so I am there. You know, there's still a handful of customers I may not get to see throughout the year that may not be on my book of business, but I still. Mm -hmm talk here and there uh they come in with their projects and i like to set meetings with them so that i have that designated time where we are talking about their clients and their projects and there are days where i don't stop talking from the time i wake up to the time i go to bed and i am exhausted but you know what it was all good information i was putting out there it was absorbed it was it was a mutually beneficial meeting that was set there so I don't know if things have changed on the hard goods side that much, but uh, being on the apparel side, I do get a very good high caliber of, of customers coming in there to the booth with projects, with ideas, with things that they need help with. Jeff, what about you? Um, <clears throat> yeah, so sort of just piggybacking a little bit off of what Meg just said as far as like booking meetings for uh, for the trade show, I, we, I attempted that as well. Um, you know, for a couple years, you know, it basically just, I used that as sort of my, my pregame leading up to the trade show as far as marketing the trade show and just trying to book a calendar and all that good stuff. So, um, and, and, but it's, it's so difficult to get distributors to commit to a time to come by the booth. Um, and I can understand just the nature of the show and why that's difficult, but I, you know, there's also... Uh, distributors that I talk to at the booth that are like, oh well, you know, hey, I've got an, I've got a, a meeting at such and such booth. I have to get going. So there's people doing it. I don't understand, um, you know, the whole the whole difficulty there. But it it be you know, I I just thought that was a different approach to you know just hey standing at the booth and just seeing who comes by, you know. Mm -hmm. um, so I'd be interested to see you know how that worked out for you, Meg, and if it, if it's something that you continue to do. But um, yeah, I mean, as far as uh, as far as that goes, yeah, I mean, that's, that's it. Or, I'm sorry, as far as the quality of the people that are coming by, um, I think I mentioned a couple couple episodes ago, one of the first episodes we recorded, Bill, was, uh, you know, when you go to an ASI show, half the people that are walking through the show are end users. Mm -hmm. So, um, yeah, I think the quality has probably decayed quite a bit. Okay. Good. That's, I think that's fair. I, I do think... It always flabbergasts me when I was running a distributorship and when I worked at larger distributors, uh, distributorships, how few people on the distributor side, and I'm going to exempt Stephen from this, um, absolutely, but how few distributors actually go into a trade show with a plan. It just mm -hmm. blows me away. They're just happy, kind of lollygagging up and down the aisles, asking Social for hour. free. Yeah, asking for free things or not asking for free things and just assuming it's free because it's on a table. Um <laughs> 
asking for you, hey, can you scan my badge? But no, no real interaction with uh, the supplier reps. And then by the same token, I, I get dismayed when I walk up and down the aisles and I see a supplier rep just kind of sitting down there uh, on on a chair, hanging out on their phone, playing Angry Birds, which is a very dated reference, but it doesn't matter. <laughs> get my point. So I think I think there's this general malaise on the traditional trade show floor right now. Stephen, what do you think about? the quality of suppliers at trade shows. We talked about some suppliers yeah. are very selective now whether yeah. they attend a trade show. So I, I think that the variety of the actual suppliers at, for you know, the one we go to now, which is, um, you know, the Vegas show, the expo, but we, we, we see a good variety of the actual suppliers. I do think there's a missed opportunity though. Um, that's that some suppliers have started to, to utilize like uh, I look at last year's show I know Origadio the new hub merger they had a game show you know it was a price is right game show it was a fun experience and that's that kept us in all of their booths talking about some of their new companies that we weren't familiar with and finding out more information like the same thing that we would do at a trade show for our clients or for our end users where we have these experiences and it's fun I think is missed with a lot of these shows. It's literally just, hey, here's some shelves of product, and, and you know, excluding you all, of course, I've seen your booze and they're great, but there there is a missed opportunity to be more engaging. Now, granted, I think from a more business perspective of one-on-one -on -one meetings and all of that, that's that's awesome. But if they're, you're trying to capture, you know, a new distributor that that's literally trying to get through a show that can't be done in in 72 hours if you stop at every booth, you know, they're only stopping at places that are catching their attention, and there's a I think there's an opportunity for on the supplier side to make an engaging booth space um, to get to, to, you know, to maybe find that distributor in the rough that that may be able to have some opportunities just by getting them in um, that that'd be my my two cents on what I'm seeing from a booth perspective no, that's um, great points I mean again circling back to that content having that content the experiences like even in, in life like you you know, people say money doesn't buy happiness, but if you can buy the experience and, and, and make those memories, like that's an amazing opportunity. If you, you know, how much, what's the percentage, guys? You probably know this. What's the percentage of how much a distributor retains from a, a even a stop in or a meeting at a trade show? It's like less than 10%, right? So you got to make that. It's way less than 10%. Okay. So, yeah. yeah, you have to really engage them and really set them apart and be super energetic or have some type of really cool experience like that. Price is right, or how about the puppy booth at yeah. Expo? Yeah. I was so mad that I missed it. <laughs> <laughs> so that well, I mean, that was really that was different. That was they were setting themselves apart, and I think that's what t it takes. You have to set yourself apart, whether it's a really cool booth or an experience or, yep. or something along those lines. It's definitely yeah, beneficial. Totally agree with you. And one of the things we struggle here at Promo Corner, I'll be very clear on it, candid on it. I mean, we're a service provider. We sell advertising. We sell marketing services. And we have booths at Expo and Expo East. And I, when I first got here and became president of the organization, I, I wanted to understand, A, why we had the booths, and B, what we were trying to do with them. And so I've kind of made it my cause celeb here to make sure that we are causing a spectacle on the show floor. So last year at Expo, we did, or I guess it would be 2018 at Expo, we did um, – 
30 or one minute commercials that people could come in. Um, we had a teleprompter there, a whole video set up with a green screen. We had written scripts for them. They had to sign up for time and they came and recorded a one minute video about why their end user customers would want to buy from them. It was spectacle. We loved it. This year, what we did, we um, did, I don't know if anybody watches the show Bar Rescue, which I happen to love. Yep. Yep. We did, we did something called Promo Rescue where two distributors were bold enough to let me and my team tinker with their brand and, and their logo and their name. And they had no idea what it was until we did it on the show floor at Expo. And so I think doing things like that and trying to be more creative um, definitely will help drive the right traffic to the booth. And I thought PPA did a great job with those little pop-up things like the puppies and the, yeah. the nitro coffee and, <laughs> and uh, all that stuff. Well, that was really, I, I didn't even know that you did that. That's pretty cool, Phil. Yeah. Really I, cool, like, oh, I missed it. Man. I think it was it was fun. I mean, we filmed it, and we had some technical issues because we were going to use it as content, so unfortunately it's never seen the light of day. But mm. we're going to do it at, we're gonna do it at Expo East. We're going we're gonna, to we're gonna have two people do it at Expo East. And, um, you know, it's something that I feel is needed in the industry. I always joke, if you, uh, you want to see the caliber of distributors in our industry, just walk around a trade show floor and look at the names they have for their companies. Yeah. You know, I mean, we're supposed to be in the branding business, but there's so many of them I wouldn't trust with my brand as far as I could throw them. And that's not to make fun of them. It's just, you know, I don't know what it means. I would, I, I was used to, this is a great example. When Remember Lee Wayne? And for those of you who don't, Lee mm-hmm. Wayne was part of Halo for many, many, many years. And now they're kind of all absorbed under one company. But Lee Wayne Corporation, that sounds like a plumber. Yeah. Uh, what does that even mean? Yeah. Or not to, not to pick at Brown and Bigelow, but that sounds like a, a law firm. Right. I don't I don't know what that means. And so, you know, we we tried to help people with the brand so that, you know, people could very quickly understand who they are, what they do and why they do it. So but that's me blabbering. Is there anything else we want to add to this? Uh, what, what? OK, we got a couple more minutes. Let's do this real quick. Rapid fire. Jeff, what is the future of the trade show? Just first thing comes to your mind. Good Lord. Uh, I, I think I mean, you asked that question like at the beginning of the podcast. <laughs> well, I'm asking it again. Uh, all right. Well, thanks. Uh, no, I honestly, listen, I uh, I just think that because there's so much of it out there, a lot of it's going to have to end up going away. Um, mm-hmm. So, you know, sort of what Stephen had mentioned about, you know, maybe not doing two, three, four different shows for each association on top of all the regionals and everything else. I think uh, I think it's just it's going to get scaled way back. Mm-hmm. And those ones that are still around are going to be, uh, you know, of good size and quality. Yeah, that's that's what I think is going to happen. Uh, either either that or just trade shows are just going to go away altogether. Okay, Stephen, I think we're going to see start starting to see more um, destination uh, type yeah. trade shows like yeah. the the EMEs, the power meetings, things that are going to be more engaging one on one. You know, to get more quality. I'm sure there's more um, return on something like that. And then, as far as the mega shows, I think it'll be one or two when it's you know I don't know how many years that's going to take, but they'll just be one or two shows to choose from. Maybe it's one for PPI, one for ASI, and you, and that's it. I mean, I don't know how far down the road that is, but it's gonna it's gonna have to pair back. And as more people keep pulling out, it's either going to turn into just regional shows and one large one, or one or two large ones and destination shows. Awesome. Meg, what about you? Yeah, well, I hate to piggyback off these guys, but they uh, they really just drove in the points. I mean, uh, this industry is, is, is evolving, you know, and the EME type events are fun. The destination events are fun. 
mm-hmm. we got to keep it light because it's, it's not all like, let's just go to work, do our job and come home. You know, networking, these networking events um, are really where the business is, is done at the end of the day. I went down to a legacy event down in New Orleans and in August, my gosh, of last year. And man, we had so much fun. And I made some really good relationships with people I had never even met before. And I didn't set up a booth. I didn't, mm-hmm. it was just a networking event. Um, so I'd like to see more of that happening. I'd like to see them all over the place so everyone has a chance to attend and meet face to face. And again, at the end of the day, the, I don't think these trade shows are gonna go away completely. I mean, the PPI Expo out in Vegas is growing. Uh, attendance is up. but the smaller shows i think the asi shows are down to three this year orlando fort worth and chicago am i wrong correct about that? no that's correct yeah and it used to be new york and san diego mm-hmm. and man san diego was fun <laughs> <laughs> um that, but so that they're down from like six or seven or whatever down to three so right. they are minimizing and and hopefully they're just better now that they're doing less of them they can be better and i'd like to see that because these are definitely revenue generating um opportunities for these these, yeah, you know, ASI and PPI. So here, here is something I thought of, and I'm just going to leave it with this. And I, I think I echo everybody on the panel. We'd love everybody else's thoughts on this. What is the future of the trade show? I think they're going to be more industry uh, specific, vertical focused. Mm-hmm. Healthcare, uh, a trade show, promotional products focused on healthcare, focused on insurance, focused on specific other industries. I think would be very, very interesting on a small scale. And I also think we're going to see a lot more virtual trade shows. I think with uh, the advent of technology and it's increasing, you know, the world's shrinking, it's easier for us to connect. So, I mean, how many times do we walk up and see someone we've interacted with on social media for the first time, but you feel like you've known them your whole life? So I think because of technology shrinking the world a lot, I think uh, you're going to see a lot more people try to do more online trade shows, but there's still a tactile... um, need in our industry to touch feel you know what does it look like what does it weigh how much does it you know what does that fabric feel like so on and so forth but i think you're going to see some more innovation and that's actually what i really hope you know what the emes and the power meetings did to the trade show 10 years ago i think we're at a kind of a breaking point and i don't know what the next big thing is so would love everybody's opinion on that i want to see so, a vr trade show we're just uh, that's cool. <laughs> That'd be cool. Nice. Like, well, be... May, how about an augmented reality trade show? Yeah, there we go. <laughs> All right. Well, <laughs> I would be remiss if I didn't thank our wonderful sponsor in Bay State for sponsoring this podcast. Like I mentioned at the top of the show, $50 self-promo offers. You need to check these out. So many great product categories. Healthcare, kitchen, jar openers, gift sets, bag clips, bamboo, entertaining, drinkware, even power banks and Bluetooth speakers. For $50, it's going to include a one-color imprint and a paper-proof so you can see what you're getting beforehand. All you need to pick up is the shipping, and you're going to have a group of products that are going to help you set yourself apart, market your identity to your end-user clients. So go ahead and go over to BayState.com and look at those $50 self-promo offers. Thank you, everybody, for being on this a little extended dance version of the podcast, the longest one we've done, but I think it's a good topic because the bottom line is none of us really know um, what the future is, but it's going to be interesting, that's for sure. So Meg, Jeff, and Stephen, thank you guys very much, and we'll Thanks. do it again soon. Sounds Looking good. Looking forward to it. Thank you for listening to this week's episode of Promo Corner's Industry Insider. For more great content from industry thought leaders, including podcasts, blogs, and videos, visit promocorner.com.